and this is Elle. And we're your anonymous hosts of Not Your Girlfriend's Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Season 3, Episode 47. First, we want to thank all our Day One listeners and welcome to all our new listeners. Give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you screenshot listening to the pod and put it on your story or tweet us, we'll send you a free Not Your Girlfriend's Podcast limited edition sticker. We are also on Patreon where you can support us and become a member of the Mystical Coven of Bad Bitches. If you contribute for as little as $5 a month, you can access our exclusive cocktail hour content, goodies, and more. This podcast is made possible by you, so every contribution helps. All right, and now let's dive into this week's episode. This week's episode is our season finale. Season finale. So thank you all for... Well, of course, the train comes to a screeching <laughs> halt at this very moment. Yeah. It's beautiful. Listening to the M train. Guys, this by. is real, authentic New York City shit, all right? You can't get this shit in a studio, you, you know what I mean? You cannot. Yeah, I'm not I'm not here pretending to be someone I'm not. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we are down to earth, recording out of our apartments. I did a podcast uh, recently where I was a guest on, and we recorded in like a like a trailer bus thing in the middle middle of um, Bushwick. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That was uh, the um, weekly hand job. Uh, Those girls are awesome. They do like a live radio show in Brooklyn and they think they do it every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. So if you're in New York, look them up, the weekly hand job. And that episode is actually available to our listeners on our Patreon. Oh, dope. Yeah. So go have a listen. Um, yeah, it was pretty drinksy, pretty fun. Uh, but as so far as recording studio space went, I was like, oh shit, the train is like right above us. <laughs> That's crazy. So we're not the only pod out there with like live, uh, New York sounds going on in the background. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. What have you been up to, Elle? So, I just moved into ours apartment, which is now our apartment, uh, about two weeks ago. Wow. Yes. And his two other roommates. And his two other roommates. Yep. So, it's a whole big party, (laughs) a whole big crew of us. Um, I've been, like, settling in. We got most of the boxes out within, like, the first week. And then this week was the second week, and we kind of got the last few out of there. So, now we're, like, fully settled, fully unpacked. The room needs a cleaning, I will say, but it's you know fine. everything is unboxed at this point, so we're almost there. Wow! So it's been really good. That's crazy. You know, I lived with a guy before, right? Uh, not with a boyfriend, no. Well, I have I mean, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have lived it. with several guys. Like it's funny because people will ask me, like, "Oh my god, what's it like living with three boys?" And I'm like, depending on who's asking the question, like, should I tell them that I lived with three guys? that I didn't know at all in a random apartment in Bushwick. Like, How did you find that apartment? Um, so I found that apartment because it was four days until my lease was up and the leasing Jesus. agency that I was like contacting hadn't been contacting me back. So someone came to show my apartment and I asked that agent if she like knew anything and like knew any places that I might be interested in. She happened to know this one place. She brought me there that same day. And that day I was like, okay, I'll put my money down. And was it was it like a new place or they were already living there? It was a it was a brand new luxury condo building. Um, only about like five out of maybe the 20 units were even rented mm. at that point. So it was like, you know, the second month that they had even opened. Um, one person, one guy had put his money down on this one, two, three, on this four bedroom apartment. 
And so they were like, oh, if you put your money down, we'll find one more guy and one more girl to balance it out. And I was like, you know, naively like, okay, cool. That's perfect. So I put my money down. Um, they proceeded to sign one other guy. And then they tried to sign a fourth guy and, or sorry, a fourth person who was a guy. And I was like, no, absolutely not. Like you told me you were going to sign two girls and two guys. Yeah. So don't do this shit to me. So for like two months, they were like, okay, if you can find a girl, go ahead and do it. So like for two months, I showed this apartment like multiple times a week and did not get any real interest in it. Where was this apartment? Did I see it? This was the one in East Williamsburg. I said Bushwick, but it's like, it's close to Bushwick. East Williamsburg is kind of like a made up neighborhood in my opinion. Oh, oh, is this? Okay, I'll cut this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But wait, I'm thinking who you live with. Oh. Right? Why didn't you just say? <laughs> yeah. I know my boy. Yeah. Okay. Dad, Clark, Clark Kent. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Um, weird Dude, painter you guy. Said oat milk. I would have. Oat milk. Oat milk. Yes. Oat milk gate. That was the apartment. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So long story short, we couldn't fill the fourth room with a girl. So they just filled it with a guy. So I lived with three dudes who were like in their apartment. 30s. I like that apartment. I hated it. Um, the apartment itself was like, it was a nice building. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of like nice amenities and stuff, but it never really felt like home. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it I was kind of just like me and these three random guys in their thirties coexisting. Yeah. I was 24 at the time for context in case you guys forgot how young I am in comparison to 35 year old guys. Yeah. So it was just like kind of a weird place, but you know, it was fine. Yeah. The bones of it, like the actual building, the room, like the kitchen, that was all really nice, but it wasn't, I would agree. Like it wasn't like a home because also like, you know, when you live with like people you don't know, like no one's kind of investing in the spot. Especially when it's a lot of people that you don't know. So Mm -hmm. like being four people who didn't know each other at all, no one really felt invested in getting stuff to furnish the common room. So it was literally my futon couch that I had friends crash on in my last apartment, which is the whole purpose of even getting it. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry's like, you know, random table. And that was the entire extent of furnishing that we had in the common area. Yeah. And it also like, it was a very updated kitchen that was like impressive when you look at it, but like functionality wise, like, you know, the counter space was pretty small the oven felt like an easy bake oven, but for grown-ups. Um, seriously, it, it like actually did. I don't think we had a microwave. Oh, that's like such a deal breaker. Okay, but I didn't have a microwave in my last apartment either, and we made it for a year. I know, but that's like that I've been over at your apartment where we needed to microwave something, and it's like it's like the 1700s. It's like, okay, let's get the stovetop ready. Let's, Where's the coal? Let's up the boiler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's cute at first You're like, oh it's so fresh like yeah I'm like reheating on the stovetop um cause uh, I'm not nuking my food it's a choice see like cause I stayed in an Airbnb recently when I was in California I've been in California guys if you didn't listen to the last episode I don't want to talk to you um but it is <laughs> it, you're dead to me bye you can tune out right now you don't get this amazing content because uh you didn't listen no uh Sarah Merrill she was out uh, another podcaster and uh we went out I went out there for a friend's wedding and I thought I would do a collab but when I was out there I stayed in an Airbnb that I thought had an oven 
But it, okay, so what did it have? It had a stovetop, it had a microwave, but it had no oven. And I didn't realize this. And the first day I went like food shopping, I went to Trader Joe's and I got like my favorite frozen pizza. It's like this tart. It's actually not even a pizza. It's like this mushroom tart. And if you're listening, you know what I'm talking about. Like it's amazing. Does that have Fontina cheese on it? It's, uh, I think it's like a four cheese formaggio cheese and okay, I, I know it's a bit different Italian okay, like, right, right, right. it's a more formaggio cheesy cheese queso pizza I only speak Italian when it comes to this tart formaggio I also had a frittata omelette recently <laughs> yeah but I mean so I got it and I didn't have anywhere to heat it up and I was like fuck do I bring this pizza there's not a personal pizza it's okay like, a and pizza to share, but you eat it alone. But you eat it alone in yes, your bed. Yes, yes. Right. That's the pizza it was. So I was like, I don't want to bring this fucking big pizza to work and just eat it at my desk. So I just left it in the freezer at the Airbnb because I couldn't even heat it. So sad. I know. See, an oven is definitely a more essential kitchen item than a microwave. You can get by without a microwave, which I did for a year. So I can attest to that. Okay. The only if you thing. Have to choose stovetop oven microwave for a Is year. it a pick two? It's a pick one. Pick one? Like your top. I guess stove. Pick, I guess pick two. That stove. makes more sense. Stove okay. and... Stove and oven. Okay. Right? Yeah. Like, I did it. You did do it. You can reheat everything except tacos. <laughs> <laughs> well, could you not put the tacos on an oven tray and then put that in the You oven? could. You could. But the tortilla gets a little too crisp. Too crisp. If you're doing a soft tortilla... Right. Or you just make them soft to hard tacos, you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> and like the other method is you could go stovetop and just disassemble it, right? And just like put the right, that's contents in a pan, that's heat up a tortilla flat. Um, Do you know what I miss? Domo taco. <sighs> you know what? The second to last day that I lived in my last apartment, I went to Domo. And when I was leaving, the guy was like, all right, thanks. I'll see you soon. And I, like, almost cried on the spot. <laughs> Dude, okay, this taco place is right about uh, Elle's last apartment, so we can tell. It's yeah, it's time. fine. I don't live there. You don't live there. It's you won't see me in the hood. Um, in uh, one of the first days I ever saw your new apartment, I decided to get food from there. And ever since then, every time we went to record at your apartment, I would get Domo Taco. And it was fucking amazing. It's a Japanese taco collab, like fusion, like to go. So, wait, wait, wait. I think it was actually Korean. It was a Korean taco fusion because they had kimchi. They had kimchi slaw and like uh, some other like very distinct Korean shit. But Jesus Christ, it was so freaking good. So good. Like why so does good. Asian and Mexican not come together more? Yeah. Like, I don't understand. I will say though, my actual go-to taco spot was Chavela's across the street, which is just yeah. regular Mexican. And, like I have eaten at Chavela's like more times than I've orgasmed this past year. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Absolutely kidding. But I've eaten there a very good amount of times. I I mean, that place is a solid spot for sure. It, it is. It's very sit down, no? So like that's... Like, but the thing is, even though we lived around the corner from there and it was almost shameful to order delivery, we would order delivery and it would get to our apartment within like 10 minutes. Dude. Like it was amazing i have a place by me like a literally a minute walk um this thai place which i will not say because i currently still live in this apartment because mm-hmm. i have stalkers you know 
Uh, <laughs> if I could be so lucky. <laughs> God, please. Um, and this, it's like a minute, like it's maybe like a three, four minute walk. We just did this walk to and from that area. Like, right. Okay. Four minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I get delivery from there on Seamless, it comes piping hot. It is seriously, it is so freaking good. It's just, it's just good Thai food. And then it comes hot. Like, cause oh, it's so close. Right, 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 right. Oh my God. Like that's ideal, honestly. That's the stuff right there. It's really about location, guys, in New York City. I mean, let's, let's mansplain to you. Like, yeah. What matters. Right? It's about <laughs> the food that you can get delivered to you in optimal timing. That is where you choose to live. Yeah, because no matter how good this restaurant is, like you're, st- if you're waiting 40 minutes for it, your food's not going to be good. It's going to you know, be like, Gross. You know, it's a really sad experience. What? Every single time I've tried to order ramen, either for pickup or for delivery, every single time, cold. Ramen does not hold. And it I doesn't. Everyone it goes doesn't. through a period of time where they think, like, it's been long enough. They don't want to go to a ramen spot. And they're like, let me get delivery. And they forget how shitty the ramen was. They want so ramen shitty. so badly. So shitty. I've Especially when it's, when it's fucking cold out. When it's oh, like, yeah. you know, when it's five degrees here. Mm-hmm. And you just want some hot soup in your bed that you can eat in your robe and your little tray table, you know, watching fucking Black Mirror or something. Like, you order that ramen and you're a fool because it gets to you and it's lukewarm and you're even colder than when you started. And they separate the broth from the noodle. They do. They do. So you pour it in. You're like, wow, how innovative. How, how cute. And then you take a bite and it's like, how lukewarm. Right. And then I have to either go to the microwave or your stovetop. Or- right. I'm going to heat this up with the noodles in it. Then I'm you're gonna, cooking. I'm so ruining nice. the integrity of the meal. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm here. Are we a food podcast now? <laughs> Well, yeah. What do we usually talk about on this shit? Snacks, I think. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> We're still having that. Well, actually, I'm not. Right, you are not having sex. I'm not having Let's sex. talk about that. Um, Life update. It sucks. No, it does suck. Um, I mean, I'm still masturbating. I'm not like you right, know, right, celibate. You're just having like one player sex. Yeah, right. And one player games are fun for a while. Okay, but- B, B, catch us up. What's going on? So I am currently in a long distance relationship with H, um, who started as a summer fling. Right. And, uh, yeah, now has been the longest time we've been apart and it's, it's been like difficult. It's been like a bit like part of it is, is this, you know, normal long distance stuff or is this us stuff, which I think everyone in a long distance relationship can, you know, attest to. Right. You don't know because of the distance. There's this shit that happens. Like uh, one day last week, I was having a bad day and he was having a bad day. And when those both of you are having bad days and then you try to like talk to each other and it's hard to be empathetic to someone else when you're just want to want to be consoled to about your bad fucking day. And then you have to console them. And then also kind of like they have to console you, but also it's like, well, you know, but it's like you're both focused <laughs> on your own individual problems. And so having to take that emotional energy to like soothe someone else. It's, it's um, irritating. Yeah. And you, you miss the physicalness because the physicalness makes, you know, it easier. But when all you have is like verbal words to say, like a lot, 
doesn't mesh. It's not, it's not like you're physically comforting someone. Yeah. You know, um, in, in things in real life, like uh, Wi-Fi being bad, bad data, like try having a fight on FaceTime. Oh my God. It's horrible. It's bad. It's horrible. It's bad. Because I'm mad at you. I'm mad at the Wi-Fi. I'm mad if it's your Wi-Fi or it's my Wi-Fi. Right, right. Like, you the know. phone's disconnecting. I'm like, are you hanging up on me? Uh, I want to scream at you, even though I know it's just your service. I mean, H knows that if he ever hung up with me, it's over. Like, I, it's like a really hard, like, deal breaker for me. That's like, honestly, same. Like, that's kind of the most disrespectful thing you can do. When you're like an adult and not screaming at your mom on the phone. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel that. Yeah, I mean, I still hang up with my mom. But, yeah, we've been uh, doing the distance, going through the motions, and we're at the tail end right now. Where he comes back in two weeks, and he's here for ten days, and then he's only gone. Wait, two weeks? I thought he's back this coming Friday. No, he's coming back, um, like, not this weekend, but next weekend. Oh, okay. So it's almost less than two weeks at this point. Yeah, yeah, comes yeah. comes back on a Friday. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So a lot of the time has been, um, like, you know, in preparation for him coming. I'm really excited. But it's also, like, towards the end of it that I'm just like, oh, we just want to see each other. Yeah. And I'm also nervous about how it's going to be when we do see each other because it has been so long. It is going to be, like, a little awkward. It yeah, It's yeah. going to be a little bit like, oh, like... I, I forgot to have sense. I'm going to have to shave. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to have to, like, my, I mean, downstairs wise, it is, it's winter is cup. Like, right. I have to, like, you know, <laughs> which is also a good thing about long distance is, yes, I've still been going to the gym and, like, trying to do that and everything. But, you know, on the day to day, like, maintenance. You don't you have can, to shave your legs for, right. like, a month. You can get away with a lot of shit. You don't like have to that. shave anything for, like, a month. No. This week, uh, today, I decided, like, I'm going to shave my armpits because like now it's been, it's been like maybe two weeks. I've gone mm-hmm. without it and we're fully fledged in uh sweater weather. Like I brought out my winter coat in New York right oh, now. Oh yeah. It's, it's fucking cold. It's the time. It's cold. So there's no way no one's ever going to see my underarms. Right. And if they were, I would a hundred percent shave them. Right. 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 But like this time has passed so long that I was like, do I do it for myself or can I just wait another two weeks? Yeah. I just did it for myself. That's okay. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, because I was like, all right, if you want to go to the gym as well and you're with a sports bar or something, you know, that you got to factor that in. Yeah, that's true. So really, this is just for the, you know, presence of my fellow gym goers Mm -hmm. for their sake. Yeah, I, um, so I started waxing again in like July because I wanted to do it as like a nice little treat before we went to Italy. Um, But also because shaving was driving me fucking crazy i haven't shaved in like 10 years yeah like down there because it just the razor bumps yes yes it was getting so bad that like for maybe the entire month of june i didn't shave because i was like i cannot deal with like the itch of like the the couple days once it starts growing Horrible. in so i just didn't do it for like a month and um Art didn't say anything because he's a perfect gentleman but then i went and i waxed and he was just like Oh my God, this is the best thing ever. And I'm like, your words now make me conscious of how bad it was before. <laughs> You're like, okay, I've, uh, I don't know. Like, should you leave here down there or nah? Okay, I feel like from a biological, like, you know, personal health and hygiene standpoint, like, your body's natural, like, your, your body's natural function is to grow hair down there. And it's for a reason, right? It's mm-hmm. like a protective barrier yes. against the elements and all the, like, anything that it could come in contact with. So from that standpoint, like, no, you fucking shouldn't. But from, like, a 
you know, if you're having sex and it's like, I want you to go down on me. It's like, I'm not going to subject you to like digging through the enchanted forest. That's the best. (laughs) I remember R and I were trying to have like shower sex, like maybe like sometime within that month when I hadn't shaved for like probably three weeks at that point. Yeah. And actually maybe even more, to be honest. And we were in like a stand up shower and he like got down like on his knees under me and like kind of pulled my leg up over, over his shoulder. It was okay. so, it was so funny. Cause like we got into the shower together and just like started going through the motions, washing our hair, right. doing our things and like forgetting that like we're there together naked in a shower. And then suddenly it like hit both of us. Like, wait a second, you're naked. Wait a second. I'm naked. And all of a sudden we were like, wait, we start furiously making out. He like gets down on his knees, like pulls my leg up on his shoulder. So I'm literally like bracing myself on one leg and he's like trying to go down on me. And he's like, this is the one time I wish you had been a little more clean shaven. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> In that moment. I right, mean, like just from a location and navigatory standpoint. Right, which is like why I'm like, do you leave like a landing strip or something? Because, okay, what really fucked with me is when I up with that, uh, the, a stand-up comedian dude. He was, I mean, that's giving him a massive title. Really, he just did stand-up. Right. Sometimes after his day job. Um, and he had made a big fuss about going down on me. And we talked about this in the podcast. Yeah. Oh my God. I remember this. That guy was absolute trash. Trash. 100%. But like, what I did do, I did a bikini wax between like our first and second date. And not for him, but like, I also wanted to test this, like, right, right. and then he came far, up with another reason. Right. How far is this guy going to go? Like, his excuses are, oh, um, you know, I'm against STDs, and like, only when I'm seeing someone seriously to, like, oh, well, you know, so like, I, sh- I, I uh, got a wax, and <clears throat> uh, what was the point here? Oh, yeah. So he was like, he didn't like it because he felt like he was fucking like a little girl. I was like, are you, are you serious? Like, like, he made a joke about that, and I was like, well, I mean, you're fucked up for thinking that. Yeah, that's fucking Because I'm obviously a grown-ass woman who just shaved, but then I'm, I'm a bit like, well, you Which know. is, like, the expectation that most men have for us. And to be honest, like, I get whacked sometimes, and I'm like, I feel like a child. Like, this is weird. Like, why do I have... Like, why do men want us to be, like, so clean and bare, like, we've never grown pubic hair in our lives? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm asking for a bit of trimming that's all i'm asking for right men, you know like you don't need to like i don't know wax your balls or whatever right like i mean back hair i do not like right i don't think a lot of women like that right weirdly though like like you are he doesn't have any he has very minimal arm hair very like minimal like decent leg hair almost no back hair so, so why like, fuck you? That's great. So great like, for you. fuck him. But yeah, I hear that. Like, if a man had, like, a fucking grotesque, like, teen wolf back, yeah, I'd expect him to maybe, like, you know, do a little bit of maintenance. I don't, yeah, I mean, that would Right, be like, hard. buzzer in the mirror. Right. Uh, that's hard, though. Like, I mean, do you pay for a wax and wax your entire back? No. Like, God knows my no. vagina costs $70 to wax. Can you imagine the square surface? $70? Where are you going? I mean, like, 50 70 You With the tip and all that bullshit? Like, yeah, mine's come a on. 50 with tip. Like, 50 I, but, with tip? But still, that's painful. Like, like actual pain and, like, monetary pain. Of, like, Dude, shouldn't we have gotten a, a waxer sponsor? <laughs> I want free right. wax. Maybe we should have. What? Yeah. Shit, that would have been amazing. Like, that shit is, like, expensive. It's, it's like, expensive. every month I'm spending $50. 
And then like, let's not talk about like my brows, my upper lip hair. R and I work for the same company, right? So like we go to lunch together almost every day. And one day he was like, what are you doing for lunch? And I was like, oh, I have to go to my waxing place. And he's like, oh, what for? He's like, didn't you just get your eyebrows done a couple of days ago? And I was like, uh, something else. And he's like, oh, he's like, I know what. And I'm like, shut your mouth. Yeah. Like, and that's also like when you see someone every day, so much of the romance is like a little dead. Like, I know <laughs> so much about his bowel movements. It's like. <laughs> painful like I remember with me and our like he would spend we spent like you know days of time together either at my place or his place but like getting ready for a date when your date is there it's like a little bit like come on like I mean I, there's a process I go through and I put right, on makeup right. and the before and after d- doesn't really seem that extreme right. we are not the same <laughs> right I'm not like walking into like a low lit like kind of like Williamsburg restaurant right so like, you're not seeing me I woke up like this. right you, you know what lingerie I put on right you know they're not matching you know you're getting later right you know you know what the face looks like underneath all the makeup I like, hear you you saw me put on like three different types of concealer. You saw me put my brows on and you knew what they looked like before that. Yeah, yeah. So a bit of magic does, you know, come down a bit, but... But I think that's, like, what's so, like... I think that's kind of, like, the beautiful part of, like, dating someone, though, is, like, when you can, like, be your fucking ugly normal self. I mean, that's true. They around them, right? Like, and, like, they know... Amazing. Right, and they know that, like, I'm waking up in the morning and, like, this is what she looks like and it's not, like, you know, I don't have to, like... Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, get out of bed at like an hour before him, like put yeah. on my hair and makeup and then sneak back into bed and be asleep. No. Which, by the way, unrealistic expectations of women. A hundred percent. Jesus Christ. I remember when I saw it, I was like, this is the kind of shit we have to compete with. I mean, she, she, it doesn't yeah. exist. It doesn't exist. It doesn't but like exist. TV's painting it like it exists. But I think it did exist right. for some women mm-hmm. in that time period living in New York. I'm sure. Because, like, guys are, like, I mean, I'm frankly, sure that, they're like, oblivious to what we do. Right. And I doubt her husband even cared or noticed. And that was also the point of it. It's, like, is she doing this for her or is she doing it for him? Because he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. And most guys don't. Right. And that's, I mean, they're just grateful for you being there, existing, wanting, signing up to continuously fuck them. They love it. They are grateful that you have a pussy. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's literally it. Yeah. And guys are lame, you know? Like, they're really uncool. Like, at their core. Like, I don't think I've ever slept with, like, a cool guy. Like, they're all, even, like, the ones I thought were really attractive, they all have their things that you can just turn around and make fun of them for. The thing is... There's no cool guy. There's just the guy that's not that fucking interested in you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, actually. That is what makes him cool. Wow, this is a breaking point. Right? <laughs> is this woke? <laughs> like, I mean, I love H, but like, he's not cool. I mean, you know, like, but like, and like every guy I've dated, like you can, you can pick and choose things that are cool about someone. Really, it's what is cool to you at the end of the day. You know, what you find interesting and... Like, now I'm thinking that he's listening. I love you, babe. <laughs> you know what's funny? R will never listen to this, so I can roast the hell out of him. Yeah. But I will say, like, the one moment where I was like, oh, fuck. Like, and I respected the shit out of his, like, confidence okay. was when we were mm, two months into dating. Right? Like, we had had sex for the first time, like, two months almost to the date. Mm-hmm. And he called me. This was in February, right? So we, okay. So we started seeing each other at the end of November. We had sex for the first time end of December. And he calls me in the beginning of February. And he's like, I'm going to a concert in August. Do you want me to buy you a ticket? And it was like a band that we both like. Yeah. 
And I freaked out. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, what do you mean in August? Like, if we're still seeing each other, <laughs> like, okay. su- like, just, you know, super, like, awkward for me. Um, and then we had, like, a like a moment, and then we had to have a talk about it and whatever. But, like, when I hung up from that call, I was like, that's, like, some kind of big dick energy right there. Like, that's some fucking confidence to say to a girl that you've been dating for two months and aren't even, like, official with yet that you're going to buy her a ticket for a concert six months from now. Yeah. No, that, that definitely shows commitment. Um, right. And I think with like age was really similar. Cause there would be in the beginning, um, like not like I gave him tests or anything, but he was like, really keen on me and like keen on like almost like proving he wanted to ha- hang out with me. And mm-hmm. I was so used to dudes like bailing when it got difficult. And yeah. like when things got like difficult or wasn't like exactly like what we like, I, I knew maybe it was a plan that he wouldn't exactly want to do. He would just like go along with it. He was mm-hmm. like, he didn't just run away. He didn't do an easier option. He didn't like swipe on an app and find someone else. And this is the time, you know, the time before, just like you and are before you're like official, right? you know, when you're still dating and like, figuring out it, like, Right, and you're like commitment, yes, confidence, and showing commitment when things are not a given yet. Yeah, like that is so unbelievably sexy, and so like, like I look at that and I'm like, Jesus Christ! Like, like if there's anything that's hot to me, it's that. Yeah, it's it's you like believing in this, believing in yourself to can like to keep like you know to keep my interest. Like that's like fucking hot. Commitment gets me so wet. Yeah. So hard for stability. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I wanted to say something else about the distance. E&H, also why distance is an issue for us, is uh, we live completely different schedules. Mm-hmm. And the things we have to complain about are completely different. Mm-hmm. So he is kind of doing this short course. He's, you know, alone with friend. Uh, no, I'm sorry. He's alone um he's doing a class with like literally five other people he doesn't really super like those people for five days a week he's in a cottage with a dude he doesn't like and he's living in like the living room on a cot and the guy gets the bed and he's got you know his friends over and his girlfriend over you know his, his girlfriend is over like every other week if not like every week so he doesn't have any friends and this like like he's the UK right now he doesn't have any friends he really knows in like London when he's there for the weekends like he is bored right he needs friends he needs someone around like and my complaints are I have too many social things to go to oh I've got to go to this thing and that party and I've got this going on but like from my perspective it's like I don't have a time for myself like I don't get that spare time because when I wake up we FaceTime, I go to work, maybe we FaceTime during lunch because of the time differences. After work, I have something going on. I've had something going on this, just let's take this last week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, here we are. Yeah. Like, and that takes a toll on a person. It does. Not that I'm not happy to be here, guys, but like the, the point is like that burnout is so different to what his issues are. Right. And it's hard for me because I'm like a bit jealous. So I was like, oh, you get all this time by yourself. And his, from his perspective, is like, you get to hang out with people you want to hang out with. Yeah. You know, you can be tired and you can be busy, but you have plans and you're like living your life. And I think that's been a big disconnect because it's not like he's going to work and hanging out with his friends and we're living like these different lives. 
So it's that's been really hard for us. I think it's also like grass is greener kind right. of syndrome, where it's like you're telling him that you're unhappy with the thing that he really wants, and he's telling you that he's unhappy with the thing that like you would kind of maybe want. Yeah, I mean, I'm not jealous of him in the sense of like. I know it's shitty for him. It's way more shitty for him than it is for right, me. Right, right, right. Like, I live my life. I Yes, I have to go to but work I, eight hours a day. Right. But, like, I have all my friends. I have all my family here. Right. But I'm sure that at times you would like that little bit of, like, decompression time. Yes. And I'm sure that, you know, he maybe likes the alone time sometimes, but, like, would want a little bit of social time. So it's, like, for him to complain about something that, like, you kind of wish you had at some times and vice versa. Like, that's a little irritating. Yeah. We're like, is. yeah, I feel like R and I have a a kind of similar issue sometimes where, like, you know, we work for the same company. We have very similar lives. But it's, like, sometimes he's complaining about, like, being too busy at work. And I'm complaining but I'm like, I'm complaining about like not being happy with work, but I'm also like taking days off, working from home, right. leaving early if I feel like it. And so he's probably looking at me like, what the fuck? Like you're here complaining, but you don't even work as hard as I do. Right. It's, it's again, that's like so similar because you're coming at it from different perspectives. Exactly. But like my perspective is more like, oh, well, I'm... I should be trusted to do what I want. So it doesn't matter if I'm not in all the time. And so like, it it seems like this big, like kind of hypocrisy to him almost probably. Yeah. Where he's like irritated. I don't know. I mean, it is definitely difficult to like bridge that gap, especially when you're apart. Um, But yeah, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I think I've been handling it pretty okay. Genuinely. Like, I think it was maybe you or someone else who asked me like, I, you've been dealing with it pretty well. And I was like, yeah, I guess I have, yeah. you know, like we've worked out what works for us. And before we were doing kind of a long conversation at the end of the day, and with the time differences, it was always later for him. And when it's late for him and it's late for me, even though it's late, <laughs> late for me is 7 PM because I've worked eight hours a day. Right. And like he gets out of class, you know, at one or 2 PM his time. So he's got the entire afternoon free and his classes are, are not rigorous at all. Like he wishes he was more challenged. So here he is like going to, you know, class playing Monopoly. <laughs> Right. learning about like finance and economics <laughs> through the monopoly he does more shit than that but you know in getting all, out of class at 2 p.m to me working an eight-hour day you know that involves doing something after work and like you know meal prepping and doing laundry and weekly bullshit of like living life right in, in the city but by 7 p.m i'm tired and when we're both tired it's like he's staying up late to talk to me and I, it feels like i can't complain about being tired right because right right five hour time difference not in his favor and it's like he's staying up till like 11 30 to chat with me right, right. and i'm playing about being tired at 7 30 but then oh, look at my that, day and that sucks when your problems have to become relative problems and it's like i want to be upset about this but i can't be upset because you're more upset about dealing with something similar right and it, it gets to stuff like that and but now we've worked out um we talk like more often today we talk uh probably two or three times and they're shorter conversations Mm -hmm. and they work in our favor so like i'll wake up in the morning um usually we'll like i'll text him as soon as i wake up he'll be getting out of class at that time we would chat for a little bit then i'll go to work then sometimes we'll talk on my lunch hour like the same day Mm -hmm. and i'll talk to him for like 30 or 40 minutes so i'll either go to like 
a coffee shop or go to the conference room and chat to him there and eat my lunch. And then if I'm not going to the gym or I'm not meeting friends, I can come home um, and meet, like call him at like four or five my time, which is bedtime his time. So like those, like having two or three of those, like either like, you know, the beginning of the day, middle of the day or middle of the day, end of the day, like those kind of combos have been working for us. Right. So then you don't have to have a long conversation late at night when you're both tired and prone to fight. Right. It's right, just, right. you're just prone to fight when you're both fucking tired. Yeah. That's what we've learned. And I avoid late night conversations unless it's like going to be like a short amount of time because I've noticed in the beginning stage, that was the only time we can talk that like, we just fucking fight. Yeah. And I know it was to have a fight. No, like you don't, you don't want to fight every night. Right. No. Especially when you're tired. No. Well, that's good then. Yeah. So it's been a learning curve, the entire situation. Everyone who's doing long distance needs to find something that works for them. Uh, you know, I've read articles where people, you know, don't text throughout the day. They only, you know, talk on the phone or they go like, you know, a day or two days without texting or chatting with that person. And then they'll find time and have a long chat. Yeah. And it's really about your schedules. It's so personalized. Like, there's no, there's no advice you can give generally for long distance besides like, look at your schedule right? and like, see what works for you. And uh, what I need to work on personally is saying no. Yeah. Like not feeling pressured when I do have a spare moment to say that I'm free to talk to him. Cause sometimes, you know, I do have a fr- free moment and maybe I do have a free half an hour, but sometimes I you need use that, that time for myself. Right. I, I don't want to be selfish. Like you that. need that spare moment to like decompress yeah. for your own like mental well being. Yeah. And that like, if you're giving up that time every single time, like it's going to pile on you. No, it is. And eventually it, you know, it'll escalate. Yeah. So like, I think that's the thing I need to take to myself. Like, cause I am busier. My free time matters a bit more to me. Cause I, I don't get it that often. Yeah. And like, I'm not filling it with, the void of him not being there. Right. I'm filling it with like Netflix and mindless shit. And you need that. You need that. You, you do. need that. You do. So, yeah. It's good. Dude, I just saw another engagement. <sighs> They're everywhere. We're at that age. It's not going to stop. Who? Get out! No! Wait, I'm going to show you. Oh, daddy. He's Look at cute. her. He's cute. He is cute. Look at that. They're cute. They're very cute. Very cute. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm happy for her. Yeah. Me too. Like, I, actually, I have to know nothing about this guy to be happy for her. Like, she's just, she's great. I know. I mean, like, there's some people who get engaged that I'm just like, if um, you're just. You're just finding something to fill the void. Right. There's definitely the people who are just getting engaged for the sake of getting engaged. Right, because it's like kind of the time. I mean, is cuffing season the new engagement season? Because I feel like I saw two engagements today and so many have happened already this year. Yeah. Dude, it's just, I don't know if it's a cuffing season thing. I think it's just like mid-20s thing. Mid-20s, but this is definitely a time where engagements are happening more often. I think the fall, winter time, like the you get the holiday season engagements where the people who like the Christmas, come on, oh, Christmas. So tacky. People are going to be proposing. They're going to be engagements everywhere. Okay. Christmas tree yes, this year. Yes, but I saw so many over the summer too. 
I saw so many in the spring. I don't think that engagements are like confined to a certain season. I think there's a peak. I think there's like a peak in the fall winter. Yeah, I've seen, I mean, I've seen a lot of people throughout the entire year. I feel like it's every time I open Instagram, people are getting engaged. Oh, Jesus, I can't believe we've got to this age. Like, I know. I mean, I'm thinking now, like, this is really where you reap the benefits of having friends in your early 20s and having a big friend group and like multiple friends from different friend groups i'm ready to reap the fucking benefits you know what i mean what do you like, mean i want to go to as few weddings as i want to go to as most weddings as possible like i love going to a wedding and yes it's a lot of bullshit it's fucking costly it's bullshittery it's costly i mean like i can complain a, a lot about like my best friend's wedding i recently went to but it was beautiful it was all fun and like it was it was like an experience it absolutely was. and that's awesome when you're going to like you know your close friends weddings but when it's like all the ancillary friends whose weddings you have to go to like r has such a big friend group he's already been a groomsman in like three weddings and he's gonna be a groomsman in like probably seven more and like just the cost of like us going to weddings this summer we went to one and we spent like i spent 150 bucks on a dress he spent 200 on the gift like the money to get there like all that shit it piles up it does we're like planning our vacation time for 2020 based on weddings like one of his friends already announced that like he proposed to his girlfriend they're getting married in, I think, November of next year. Mm-hmm. And they're getting married in fucking Hawaii. Oh, that's so that's like part of, did you say lit or lame? Lit. Okay. Well, R is less than excited about it because, you know, he's like, it's going to be really expensive for us to go to Hawaii. And then we're going to probably stay in some expensive ass hotel. Like the whole trip is going to run us a ton of money. No, for sure. It is a total financial thing. I do believe like companies should be giving people from a certain age to a certain age, like time off for weddings because it's not your holiday. It's It's not not your vacation and it is work. Yeah. Like I think it's fair to give 10 days off a year just for weddings between the ages of 25 to 35. Yeah. And then everyone would have their wedding during that time because they already are. So is that too much? 10 years getting a 10 days, an extra 10 days off? (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot of time. And then there's the argument to be made for, like, once you're a parent, you know, you need those extra days to be able to account for sick days and doctor's visits and this and that. And well, maybe we should just get 10 days off in general. Whereas what's, what's America doing, really? I mean, what's the minimum? Two weeks? Yeah, that's crazy. That's insane. Um, in Europe, it's, like, at least three weeks, yeah. depending on where you are. We talked about this with our episode with, um... Yeah. Blaze. Yeah. yeah. And the great British Blaze episode. Blaze, she's British, and she, she had, had like a month off. She had four weeks. Four fucking weeks paid vacation. She was like, I'm not taking anything less. And I'm like, LOL. I'm like, I... We don't have a choice. No, and I can take days off. But there... I would get some PTO built up over time. I think every like week or two, every two weeks, you get two hours. And those two hours can accumulate to eight hours. And then you can take a PTO day from just working your normal schedule. Does that make sense? So you're, you're like working towards getting PTO. Okay, wait, I'm trying to count this. So every two weeks, you get two hours, mm-hmm. right? So every 
<laughs> I'm so bad at math. Um, so every, eight hours a work day. So you need to so work. Four, you get four, four hours a month. Uh huh. Right. So yeah. four hours a month. Twelve months a year. So you get three extra PTO days. I think it's more than that, but I think I think Which, that's like, what it is. Okay, we get so we get three weeks vacation. Three by weeks, we mean work weeks. By the way, so that's fifteen days, not you know twenty one days. Um, and then we get yeah, like three or four personal days a year too. So it's about the same. Yeah, I mean, I got some sick days, and I got so sick. I've been so sick recently. You've and gotten sick a lot. No, I've just been sick for a long time. <laughs> like, okay, so uh, in the last episode with uh, Sarah Merrill, I was sick, and I was later diagnosed two days later with pneumonia. Oh. Yeah. So I went to the medic clinic, and uh, basically it was, like, basically a bad cold that – I tried to fix, but there was a point in New York, um, and if you're listening to this in the past, it would be September, that when the weather was barely even changing, just everyone got sick. Yes. Everyone was that sick. That happened. I'm not over-exaggerating no. here. So when I was sick, everyone was sick, and we're all trying to get better, but it's, you know, fucking hard. And I had my best friend's wedding I had to go to in California. And then, you know, wedding shit, there's, like, brunches, and, you know, you're drinking all you're day. You're drinking constantly. You're like, drinking the whole fucking time. Right. And on top of, like, oh, my God, I'm in California. I love smoking weed. Now I'm, like, smoking a bunch of weed. And it just... I was already sick for a week and then that prolonged it and I had no, I just turned into pneumonia. So, uh, that was really shitty. I was on antibiotics for five days and I'm still like, I'm fine now. I'm not sick. Thank God. But like, it's a pneumonia. I was reading about it. Like the, even when you're done with pneumonia, it's gone from your system, your body, cause it's your respiratory thing. Your body is still like, it takes a while to like be okay. Yeah. It's still like a thing. And, um, luckily mine was not so bad. I was never like hospitalized or whatever. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't even feel that much more tired, but also I think it was probably, um, uh, some symptom of burnout where I was just used to long days. So there was no choice in taking days off. But the, the point there was I did take days off. Um, and I, maybe we have like five sick days a week. I had to take, I had to leave work early one day. I took one sick day off. I ended up taking another sick day off because I was working remotely in California at our offices there. Mm-hmm. So like I ended up taking like four sick days off. In a, in a month for the same sickness. And you get five a year. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's crazy, though. We get five a year, too. Because that's not how sickness works. Right. You know? And, like, you want to go to work. And when things like pneumonia, it could be, like, walking pneumonia. It could be, like, spreading the disease to other people. Right. And that's the thing. Like, this year, I've become much more mindful about trying to fight through it and, like, be tough and, you know, just, like, suck it up and go to work because... In my team specifically, four people have had babies in the past year. So it's four people with newborns at home. Yeah. And so I'm very conscious now of like, you know, if I'm like sniffly and stuffy and blowing my nose and feeling like shit and I'm like, I should just suck it up and go in. I think about it and I'm like, what is the cost of that? Like the cost of that is potentially getting one of my co-workers sick who has a newborn getting their whole family sick because mm-hmm. they're much more susceptible right and then that's like that's like worse than if I had just been like okay I'm not feeling great I should work from home today or I should take an actual sick day and just stay home yeah so I'm like much more conscious of it now but it's like 
corporate culture doesn't always allow for that. Like, thankfully, like my group is like very flexible. And like, you know, if I say to my team leader, hey, I'm not feeling great. And I don't want to like infect the whole office. So I'm going to stay home. That's fine. But like ours group, for example, that's not a thing. If he says I'm not feeling well, they're like, you know what? You can't really take off because you have shit to do. Or if you want to take off, go ahead, but use a sick day. That's, it's like punishing. It is. It is punishing, and there's that that sense of like you're you're not showing up and you're not doing work, and you're like faffing about because you're not at work, right? Which is not the case. Because sick days are miserable days, right? You are home, but you need to rest and do nothing. Mm-hmm. Like that. That is prescribed. Honestly, I think that some of the days that I work from home when I'm like genuinely very sick are worse than if I had just like. They're obviously worse than if I had just taken a sick day because it's like I'm stressing myself by staying up, trying to be like, you know, fully awake and responsive and looking at emails. And I'm not taking the time that my body needs to like rest and do nothing. I'm like actually like extenuating, like overextending my like the amount of um, health and energy that I have when I should just be like chilling. I agree. Um, speaking of drugs, let me show you what I got from California. Show me. Hi. Dude, I still have that weed chocolate from when you went last year. Yeah. I and it still fucking hits. It fucking <laughs> slaps. <laughs> okay. That is edibles. Oh my God. We can take it. Definitely Cannabis take those. infused sour watermelon fruit chews. Dope. Right? That's fun. That, that will take like 30 minutes to hit. But I'll be down to do that. Okay, I will absolutely do this when we're, like, close to wrap up. Okay, okay, wait, wait. There's so much more. I don't even know if I'm going to cut this part of the episode. But, okay. <laughs> this is tincture. And it's... This guy sold it to me. And he was like, yeah, it'll last you, like, months. Because the certain, <sighs> the dosage is just... It's a tiny-ass bottle, guys. The dosage... <laughs> the whole bottle, not the high. I was like, what? <laughs> the dosage is, is like that, right? So they have these little markers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You need, like... So okay. you need that much, really. Pray. I took that much, and I was fine. I was like, oh, I probably should double the dosage. Yeah. So there's that. My weed tolerance is lower than yours, so I don't want to be, like, stone stupid. I want to be, like, a fun and fucking ridiculous fuck. Yeah, my, my fucking thing is high. Those are different mints. They're, okay. Yeah. And then I got, I brought back some actual weed. Dope. Mm. And you're allowed to travel with like a, um, up to, what is it, eight grams or something? I don't know. I just put a bunch of the shit and hit it in Wait, like different eight grams places. Right. Um, you're able to, to go through LAX with like a significant amount though. Yeah. Eight grams might be right actually. Maybe. Because my friend Kay mm-hmm. um, went to LA right around the time that you were there actually. Yeah. It overlapped. Crossover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he came back with like a pack of pre-rolled joints and gummies and like all this other shit. Yeah. I came back with a lot of shit because I thought that's just for me. Cannabis infused hibiscus mocktail. What? Okay. 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 For the listeners. I guess the ones not in California. We're a weed podcast now. (laughs) BRB. Um, Yeah. So like that is crazy. So you look at the side, it shows you the portions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. And... So my friend S, she took some of that, like they bought like a can of something somewhere and they split it between four people. Who's and- S? Oh, really? I yeah. Know she was into that. Sometimes. Yeah. So she like mostly into edible stuff. 
So she did that and they were just stoned as fuck because they didn't read the portion control. So they just took a swig each probably. Can you imagine? I mean, this is just fruit juice, right? If you accidentally drank this, this is, this is like 10 portions oh my of God. being high. Dude, that was my entire experience with brownies in college was that I would just make them and I'd just be like, fuck, I want something sweet right now. And I would just eat a whole brownie because the brownies were delicious. And then I'd be like, holding on to my bed, trying not to fall out of gravity. <laughs> that was actually one specific time that I ate like a full brownie because I was just visiting school and um, my friends all had class and I had nothing to do. So I ate a full brownie for breakfast. And I remember literally gripping onto my covers being like, gravity's about to let go of me. Oh I promise you, God. I know this for a fact. It's not okay to be that high. I was and pretty then high I, last night. I was not okay. Okay, wait. And then I tried to, I asked my roommates if it was, if it was okay to order Domino's and have them deliver through the window of my bedroom <laughs> because we lived on the first floor. And they were like, L, do you see how that might be a problem? And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> To be fair, we've got pizza ordered into a shed. Fuck yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, should we like, should we like back it up and like roll back to the old days and fill you in on a really fun story? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. So this was my 16th birthday. I was a sophomore in high school. Um, we were bonafide stoners at that point in time. Yes. Um, and so we went out to dinner for my birthday just with like a couple like close friends. So it was me, you, X, and Z. Um, right? And C. Well, when did, when was C with us? Okay. No, 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 no. For some, Mm -hmm. okay, wait, wait. We're with a small group of girlfriends. We wanted to smoke. We went to the liquor store that was like a couple towns over in like a sketchy bodega where you could buy alcohol underage. And we bought alcohol for loco. We bought four locos. <laughs> like back in the old, in the heyday of four locos. No, when, no, this is four loco original. Right. When they still could like kill you. Right. OG. Um, <laughs> so we picked up a couple four locos. And we were like ready to fucking party, and we're just trying to fl- uh, trying to find a place to do it. So first, we go onto a golf course. I remember. So your birthday is. Let me see your birthday. Is April. It, it's April. April. Late April. It was brick. It was. It was so cold. There that was night. like a windstorm. I remember it being yes. so windy, windy yes. that we yes. got onto the golf course, and our coats were blowing everywhere. Everything was blowing all over the place. We could not find like like fucking covered ground to just sit and like drink some illegal alcohol on. No, we couldn't. And I remember that being, that's an important part of the story. It's important. Because it was so cold, we could not drink outside. Right. In the very Westchester. In day. late April. Yes, yes. Because obviously when you're already drinking, there's only X amount of places you can drink. Exactly. And outside was not an option. Right. So because outdoors had not worked in our favor on the golf course, it also wouldn't have worked at the Girl Scout cabin, the lake, any of the other normal outdoor drinking spots that we were used to. So we're driving around, we're racking our brains, we're thinking, where can we go to drink? And at this point, my dad recently bought a shed for the back 
of our uh, backyard, like in our house. And the shed was empty pretty much because he just bought it. Right. It looked like a little house. It looked like a little <laughs> cottage. Yes. It was like a little miniature, like, you know, there's some sheds that are just made to look like a little house. <laughs> like, that's right. what it looked like. Right. Like you're going to like, like one of the Like a little house of, of woodland creatures. Yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. exactly what it was. And I was like, we're driving around, we're on the south side of town and I was like, guys, like my, my shed, let's go there. So we parked and we got into this empty shed and it's, it's all wooden on the inside. Right. Um, and we had weed, we had four locos, and we started drinking, we started smoking out of an apple, we had an apple Oh my god, we did! Like, we were just getting, like, drunk. We were getting wasted. And it was so warm and cozy in that shed. We had candles lit, we had a little blanket in there, that that purple, you remember that purple, like, fuzzy blanket? Mm -hmm. That thing is, like, what my, like, memories and dreams are made of. (laughs) Um... So we're just in there, like, getting, like, senselessly crossfaded the entire night. At one point, we decided we were starving and wanted to order pizza. So we ordered pizza. And these, like, kind of hot young pizza boys from, like, the town over came and delivered it. Okay, so so actually, um, that was... Yes, yes. Her older brother. So, like, so... (laughs) And this other guy, his name was... I don't remember his last name. So I remember when we, we called Pizza Place, we were like very explicit saying, do not go, do not go to the shed behind. Yes, exactly. Yes. Deliver it to the shed. Yes. And they did. They're the best pizza delivery boys ever because ever. they came through the gate. They saw the house went to the left, came through the gate, came down, and they knocked on this little house's door, and we opened it. We opened it. It was so funny because it had one of those doors where it, like, opens. It's like a halfway door, so it opens at the top, and then it opens fully. Yes. And they knocked on it. We opened the top part to see who it was. We saw that it was them. And then we closed it and opened the whole door and let them in. We were like, say, have a few drinks with us. Yeah. And they it was did. Like, there was enough sitting room for like eight people in that shed. Oh my God. So they sat with us and we just got like fucking wasted. I, I can't believe, I think back to this and I'm like, to have the balls. Like, I think of my younger right, self. Right. Like a fucking, what were we, 16, 17? I was literally 16, like, to I, a week. I was 17, and we were just, like, entertaining these pizza delivery boys in the shed yes. behind the back of my house. And smoking weed that we had somehow, like, <sighs> gotten on our own, alcohol that we had gotten on our own. We're so we were cool. fucking pioneers we so for cool. our time. On the, and my, our parents, my parents, uh, your parents, like, they're fucking strict. Yeah, super fucking strict. So, like, being ethnic, being, like, first generation, like, you know, children of immigrant parents, like, our parents did not fuck around. Yeah, we didn't have white parents, guys, okay? Right, right. So, like, you know, if we said that we were somewhere, they expected us to be in that place. They did not ever expect us to be behind that place in a shed drinking alcohol and smoking weed. It's highly ironic that I was doing this all, like, literally... On your parents' property. hundred yards from my bed. Right. Um, so there was a point where I had to go home early because, again, my parents were fucking crazy. Right. And I was the oldest. I am the oldest. So I had to go home, and I went into my bed, and I was so cross-faded at this point. And you guys were still drinking outside. The, the pizza boys left. You guys were still there. 
So then I snuck. I went into my house, like, hey, I'm home. Went upstairs, changed, and then left my house. Snuck back out. To go and hang out with you guys in, in the shed. And then everyone left. And this is where I was caught. This is where I fucked up. Because I went back inside the house. My parents were like, how are you this drunk? You're in your pajamas. Like, where were you? <laughs> like, and I just was I, it was, I was visibly drunk. And my parents are scary. Like I haven't seen them scary in like years and years. But I remember. But back in the day, they were very scary. I never. I mean, I fuck with them now, but I know not to fuck with them too much because I know those those people exist inside. Oh yeah. I yeah. Now where it's all fun and good to like you know I I wanted to have dinner with my parents last weekend. They came down to Brooklyn. And uh, we went out, we had like wine, we went to an Italian place, and I gave my mom a weed mint from California. Oh my and God. she took it. And she's like, I don't feel anything. And my dad was just like, okay, like it was just, it, it's, it's fine so now. different now. But this is what I had to fight for. This is what I went through. I was fucking grounded for life. Like I was grounded. For, I don't think people saw me for the next month. I don't think I had a social life. <laughs> I didn't, but I never broke. I was no snitch. No snitch, snitch up in here. Stitches. That's right. No. I remember my brother picking me up at the end of the night. And I feel like he was with my mom. Eh. I can't really remember because like, me getting picked up from your house at the end of the night was a very constant occurrence throughout high school. And most of the time I was pretending to be sober. Right. But I feel like that night for sure, my brother was driving. My mom was in the car also. And I was just like, how the fuck do I even fake sober right now? Cause I am fucking wasted. (laughs) But you never got caught that night. I don't think you got caught that night. I don't think I did. I think maybe I got caught by association afterwards, after you got in trouble. So I see. Okay. So the problem was it was your birthday. and I, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So no fucking shit. I was with you. I think that might've been the link, but either way, no, you no, no, no. that ground. I think, but, but like our parents just assumed that we were always with each other either way. So yeah. I think that like. You got in trouble. I think our moms talked and then your mom probably told my mom that you were drunk. Mm. And then my mom was probably like, oh, well, I picked her up from your house. Mm. Right. Because like that's like a like if I'm getting picked up from your house, that's a pretty clear association as well. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what did it. Listen, lock your liquor cabinets. I don't, I don't know what I would do as a parent. I, I like to think my kid wouldn't be as rebellious as me because... I wouldn't be as hard as uh, on them. Like I would give them rain enough to make mistakes, you know, but I would also like to think that I would raise them well enough to never go over too much of the edge. Yeah. You know, to get themselves in a situation. Cause in all the situations we got ourselves in high school, never uh, was our lives ever in danger at uh, any point. That's, that's uh, debatable. Okay, debate it. Right, like, because there were a lot of times in high school that I was drunk within, like, maybe a few ounces of liquor of my life. I I mean, we never did cross that line. But, right, like, I never, I never was taken to the hospital. I was never arrested, thank God, though close. I mean, I was let off by the cops. My parent, my mom had to pick me up from the police a couple Mm -hmm. times. I never got myself to a point where... I was actually in any real danger or trouble, but I snuck around those boundaries 
I definitely got myself in, in, you know, to the point where I probably should have been in the hospital. Um, and those were like, like, do you remember the first time I had a hangover? <laughs> it was my freshman year of high school. I went out drinking. I was dating an older guy at the point and he was a, he was a junior. I went out drinking with him. Um, we drank vodka from a water bottle. Oh shit. Those are the dates. I still cannot drink vodka, honestly, because it still hurts me. (laughs) I was drinking with him and his friends. And I remember the next morning I got dropped off at, or maybe I walked over to your house and you fed me lasagna. You were like, this is what helps a hangover. (laughs) I don't remember that. And I thought I was, I thought I was going to die. I was in so much pain. I was so wasted. He like, apparently walked me to the back door of my house and like was like I'll walk you in and I was like no I'm good and like said goodbye and shut the door (laughs) and then passed out on the ground (laughs) like I like I definitely pushed boundaries in high school I mean like in retrospect so yeah so did I I definitely the the most times I've ever been so drunk in my life have always been in high school yeah like, but that's also a learning curve in a way. It's a learning curve, but it's a learning curve that if you're, if you go a little too far at a certain age, you might not come back from it. No, so that's I, will, true. I will say that like, you know, we got lucky and that not of our own sense, but really of pure luck. Oh my God. Yeah. We so were okay. Much, so much of it was pure luck. So much of it was friends growing up in a safe neighborhood, growing yeah. up in the suburbs. For sure. Like, if, you know, like if you're that wasted... Like, I always felt, and I still to this day, I always feel safe getting really, really drunk in my hometown because I know, like, home is only, like, a couple, you know, miles away, if that. I know my friends are there who will never, like, take advantage of me, make sure I get home safe. Like, there are people looking after me. I think that is also something that um, could have gone really wrong if we weren't around people we really trusted. And not to say that we always were, but, like, that was there's always at least like a one person kind of watching your back looking out for you um in those situations see when's the last time that you got so drunk that you needed to like be taken care of (laughs) um god i actually think years i i my first memory is most recently was when I was living with my boyfriend at the time in London Mm -hmm. and I don't even remember how we got that drunk but I was way more drunk than him and I remember we were I was in the bathroom and I don't like to be touched I don't like people to care of me when I'm really drunk like I just want to be alone I don't want people to see me that way you know it's not cute you know especially for your boyfriend to see so I was in the the my head was in the toilet dry heaving and he brought me like a glass of water and like a blanket and I was just like he was trying to help I was just like just leave me alone like don't touch me like that was oh my god but that was the last time and what I consider really junk is when you're on the bathroom floor and that that cold tile is the only thing oh. keeping you to the fucking earth yeah yeah <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> that is the only thing grounding you. Uh, that is the last time I've been like that. So I don't ever, I mean, knock wood, I never really like throw up when I'm drunk, but like I'll get myself drunk to the point where like <laughs> I need to like be told like, Elle, it's time to go home. Um, I have a funny story, actually. It was the first weekend that, you know, after R and I moved in together, 
my boxes are still everywhere in the apartment. We had spent the entire week trying to unpack. So every single night we were up till maybe 11, 12 ish, like unpacking stuff, getting stuff organized. Like I was just like physically and mentally like drained that whole week. And then ours brother was visiting his brother's girlfriend was running the marathon. So like we were hanging out with them on Saturday for the entire day. Mm. Like we woke up early that morning. We had lunch with his whole family. We hung out in the city with his brother and his brother's girlfriend. We got back to the apartment at like six and then started getting ready. And then we went out for his friend's birthday. His friend's birthday was on Long Island and we live in Queens. So it was like an hour commute to get there. So all in all, like it's, you know, a very tiring week, mm-hmm. a very tiring day in itself. And I'm exhausted. I'm drinking green tea. I'm trying to make like a green tea cocktail <laughs> as we're like getting ready. Like I, like I made my, um, what's my, your green tea cocktail. Okay. So my lavender rose green tea. Okay. I made that in like a concentrated small amount. Um, I put it over ice and then I added seltzer and gin Ooh. and honey. Ooh. It was actually pretty good. Um, so I'm drinking that, literally like caffeinating myself to be able to go out, which like if I'm caffeinating myself to try to be able to go out, I should probably just stay home at that point. A wise words for everyone listening. Right, exactly. But I'm like, I don't want to be lame. Like all the other girlfriends are going to be out. Right, I don't right, want right. to be like, you know, the lame one who can't go out because I'm tired. So I forced myself to go out. And... We get to the bar at like 8.45. Um, party's supposed to start at, you know, the, everyone's supposed to be there at 8.30, but we're the first ones there. People start showing up by like 9.15. By 11.30, I guess, I'm like wasted, A, on like lack of sleep, B, because I'm drinking straight whiskey. Mm. And apparently I turn to R and I'm like, we need to go home. <laughs> And he's like, what? Why? And I'm like, because you forced me to come out tonight. <laughs> and I have no recollection of this. I don't remember saying those words to him. Um, but he's just like, uh, okay, I guess. And so I start looking up Uber prices. It's like 25 bucks to get back to Astoria from Long Island. That's not bad. It's not bad at all. And so I'm like, okay, I'm ordering the Uber right now. And he's like, uh, okay. And he's still pretty sober. Like, R never gets, like, so drunk that I'm taking care of him or so drunk that he doesn't have his, like, constitutions. So I order the Uber. We head back to Astoria. We're back and probably in bed, like, around midnight. And the next morning, I wake up. I, and I wake up with the guilt, right? Like, the, that 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 nagging. Do you, do you know why? That nagging guilt of, like, I definitely got way too drunk last night, mm-hmm. and I don't know what I did. I don't know what I said, but something is probably not good here. <laughs> and I vaguely remembered him, like, kind of yelling at me about something, and I didn't know what. And so I wake up. It's, like, 7.30 in the morning because when, oh, yeah. like, when I'm really drunk, I can't sleep for long. Same. And so I, like, I wake up. I'm like, okay, he's not up yet. I'm just going to go back to sleep. I try to go back to sleep. I sleep till like maybe 8.30. 8.30, I get up, I go pee. I get back in bed. He's still asleep. I try to go back to sleep. I wake up. It's probably like 9.15 or so. And I finally like see him like stir a bit. And I'm like, okay, well, he's still asleep. So I'm like laying there, laying there, laying there. I finally like see him flip over. And I'm like, hey. 
And I'm like, I know you're mad at me, but I can't really remember for what. So do you want to fill me in? (laughs) And he's like, so you made us come home really early last night. And you said it was because I forced you to come out. So, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, well, that wasn't nice of me. I'm sorry. So I had to like apologize. So he had to like kind of talk about it. Um, and he was like, so maybe you like shouldn't take shots from now on. And I was like, yes, bingo. Ding, ding, ding. Maybe I should not. You know, but I don't want my significant other policing me. I think people get some drunk nights. No, no, no. I know myself and I don't take shots for a reason, yeah. which is because I know myself. Yeah. But I guess I was already like, pretty drunk off the whiskey and then one of his friends was buying shots like his friend whose birthday it was which was the reason that we came out he was buying shots and so I was like yeah I'll do a shot of JMO so I did a shot of JMO and then I did another shot of something else afterwards and that was what put me over the edge yeah so it's not policing it's like literally that I know my own good sense but I was like too kind of drunk to like police myself. I know that's the point of being drunk, isn't it? Like, I feel like I, there should be some get out of jail cards you could pull in a relationship where it's like, yeah, I got too drunk one night. If you're, if you're doing it every weekend, it's an issue. Yeah. That's not you. You you got drunk, you got a little too drunk on one of the nights and you, it getting a little too drunk, especially in front of his friends, in my opinion, is like, that means you were trying to have a good time with his friends. Yeah. And you can't, and when you're drunk, you can't control anything you say and do after that to a certain point. So semi-fair, but on the flip side, one, I would never give him the same pass. If he had been, if he'd no. gotten too drunk, no, no. If he'd gotten too drunk and been an asshole to me, I would have been like, that's not okay. Even if you're really drunk, like you can't speak to me a certain way and we can maybe see past it on the basis that like you're too drunk and, you know, maybe say, okay, it was okay this time, but it can't happen next time. And two, I kind of did it the weekend before too. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of a, so it's kind of a, it's kind of a recurring, like, here's what it boils down to. It boils down to, I don't like going out. Yeah. Right. Like I, <laughs> I don't like crowds. I don't like people. I don't like going out late at night when I've had an exhausting weekend. And yeah. both of these weekends were weekends that like we had been moving and that I'm like, honestly tired. And I just want to like chill at home and like maybe go to a nice dinner and maybe do nothing after. Yeah. But we had to go out because of like social commitments. And those were the things that like kind of put me over the edge because I was like, I could be home doing nothing, but I'm here. And those are the things that I'd begrudged. Well, you, I mean, in a fair enough manner, you should also like read the room a little bit and know that like you've had a tiring weekend. You've had a t- like for both of you, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to go to every social thing. I don't think it's completely on you. And uh, I mean, have you seen him really drunk? Have you seen, I've ever been in a situation where he's gotten more drunk than you. So there was one night that um, we went out separately. I was home by like 1030 because I went to a concert at Prospect Park and he went like out out for a friend's birthday and he came to my apartment after and he was like pretty drunk and also like pretty mad because he felt like I was like rushing him to come home mm-hmm. and we had like I remember this yes we had a huge fight that night and he was like pretty mean because he was like drunk and like not like considering my feelings um so we had a big fight that night so that was like the one time that I've seen him like drunk 
I don't think me and H have ever seen each other that drunk, which is exciting because the holiday season is upon us. Oh, it is. And it will happen. If not on my housewarming, then it will happen for Thanksgiving Eve. Um, we're both stoners. And I think we get stoned pretty early on in social situations. And when you get stoned like that, you, you don't want to keep drinking in a way. Cause yeah. It kind of like cuts off your drunkenness. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yes. Crossfaded is totally, we do get crossfaded, but like if you have it early on, you don't have a need to drink anymore because you're already high. You know, but there's that issue where you drank in too much and then you smoke. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then that's the issue mm-hmm. when you you're too drunk and then you've had weed that it totally fucks you up. A.K.A. me on Thanksgiving every year. <laughs> <laughs> it's me getting hot, getting a little bit tipsy, then getting very high and then drinking to mask how high I am in front of the of Dude, like I'm so my family. Excited for Thanksgiving. I can't wait. I'm so excited. But yeah, there's like the housewarming, there's Thanksgiving. There's it's been a while since we've both like been in serious relationships and both had days at Thanksgiving. I know. Oh my gosh. Like the last time this has happened, it's been like three or four years ago and totally different days. Different days. Different days. Same us. Same Thanksgiving. Same punch as last year, which would be amazing. Um, It's going to be really funny that, like, I guess the family doesn't know that R and I live together. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a tough one to keep under wraps because also, like, your dad knows. Does he? Yeah. How? I told him. Oh. I thought that he knew, and so I, like, mentioned it, sort of. (laughs) And then he was like, so, like, that's not what I'm talking about. But, you know, since you mentioned that you're moving, where are you moving? And I told him, he's like, I don't give a shit where you live. No, and that's not my parents. But I do know, like, the other people in the family will definitely be judgy. Each tick indicates month or date. Uh, Controlled government substance, schedule one, blah, blah, blah. Serve one to two capsules, wait 45 minutes before drinking more. Drink responsibly, keep refrigerated, taste best cold. Should we try it? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, should we um, put it in our drinks or what? Like a cocktail thing? It just says mocktail. It is a mocktail. Yeah, let's do that. Hibiscus. I mean, that goes well with whiskey, right? Hibiscus. This is such a dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, had a really, I had a really bad one earlier today, too. You're going to eat with straight men too much. I know. I know, I know. It's shameful. <laughs> that first one looks like a big, a big boy. Okay, that's one serving. Here's. I need more ice. Okay, one serving. Litty titties. Litty. Okay. Um, all right, guys. We've uh, poured a cannabis quencher whiskey cocktail. We've dosed up and we're back. Uh, cheers. Cheers. Do you remember that time when we were kids and we tried to play like a fucking... It was like Clue. But in real life and in the dark. Oh, murder in the dark. Murder in the dark. Yes, of course. I just watched Clue this week and it reminded me so much of murder. I in the don't dark. know why, but you're like, 
your very vintage looking candle. B has a candlestick where it's like a full, like um, a taper candle. Is that what it's called? It's Yeah, it's like one of those like it's table a tall, candles. Yeah, yeah, it's a tall, long candle in a candlestick. So it's like the wax is flowing over the edges as it burns. And it reminds me of an old murder mystery. And it reminds me of the time when we were kids and we tried to play this game where you shut off all the lights in the room and you crawl around on the floor and one person has been assigned the murderer and that person has to grab the ankle of another person to kill them or whisper in their ear that Something they're dead, like that, yeah. right? And I remember us trying to play that game at a party and one of the parents coming in and being like, what the fuck are you all doing? <laughs> like, just like teenagers in the dark, <laughs> like just whispering in people's ears. Right, like, like, what is going on in here? Put the lights on if you want to play games, you weirdos. Oh my God. I mean, I'm going to a murder mystery party this weekend, actually. Fun. It's really fun. Like, every millennial I tell this to, they're like, that's so fun. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm like, going, why don't we play games? No one wants to plan anything, of course. But my, my coworker who does this, she's turning 40 and she's been doing this for the last couple of years. And she'll have its murder mystery. And then on top of that, there's like a theme. So there'll be like murder mystery, like 80s prom, like murder mm. mystery in this year is Clue. Is this the kind of stuff you do when you don't have kids? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> stay up, stay up. I mean, like people are coming in from out of town. Like I'm a minor character, but I will make my role major. So, um, yeah, it's, it's cool because I, I'm, I don't know a lot of people at this party. I'm obviously a tertiary character, I'm a tertiary friend for my coworker. Like, the only reason I'm invited is because we're coworkers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, in that sense, there's like less responsibility to be not drunk. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I'm trying to be like wasted <laughs> and stoned. It was just like the fucking. As did we, we learn, did we learn any lessons from our childhood? No, because we're literally talking about us being. We're drunk doing the and same thing while drinking now cannabis cocktail. Right, right. <laughs> like if we're talking about our actual childhoods, we have not learned any lessons because we're still doing ridiculous shit that we could probably get in trouble. By the adults for Fuck doing, adults. and then if we're talking we're about our adults, and then if we're talking about our adolescence, still no, because we're doing the same shit, but maybe in more moderate quantities. I think there's growth. Slash I mean, at our own, at our own levels of um, uh, what's the word for supervision? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like think about, like, yeah, we were drunk and high, but like that story we told about the shed that was you know, maybe 10 years ago, we were drinking four locos and we bought our drugs from a drug dealer. Now I've got my drugs. I personally brought back from California that is legal, supervised and has regulations. We're drinking nice whiskey out of nice glasses. We're not in a shed. We're in my uh, living room. I still get my drugs from a drug dealer. Yeah. I mean, in London, New York, yes, but it's a delivery service. Right. It's a delivery service. I don't know this person. We're not friends. Mm -hmm. It's different. Mm -hmm. It's different. Do we want to like circle back to dating? <laughs> like, why slash N? Yes or no? I think the listeners want to know about us. I think they don't know. I think they know everything about our sex lives and almost nothing about us as people growing up or fucking. And that's who we are, really. Like, you guys know what makes from. me come, and you don't know the shit I do in my spare time. That's rude. It's <laughs> rude. I mean, um, but, all right, dating. 
Should we we get here and get P P Is he here? I didn't use it yet, so Come to us! Oh we wanna pull you, wanna get you on the pod for a little bit. Okay. Uh, um, okay. so please okay, you can be anonymous. Sure. Alright, so you're P. Is okay. that okay? Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Um, B, this is L. This, this is P. This is my I'm roommate, P. Okay. P, we've been <laughs> lifelong friends for 10 years. We have, yes. Yeah. yeah. N P. Well, yeah. you can't say that. Yeah. B. B. Don't B. out her. B. Okay. <laughs> B and B. P and right. B. All right. We've been acquaintances for almost as long. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if not exactly as long. <laughs> well, happy acquaintance anniversary. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so Pete has moved here from DC after living there for like eight years, yep. and now he's back in New York. Mm-hmm. You know where we're from. I mean, from the burbs, of course. But you know. We're still here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell us about New York. I want to hear about your... We also always ask, what's your dating-ish right now? Sure. Here. Like right now? Right now. Current, right now, today, Sunday. Right now, nothing. Honestly, okay. nothing. Um, and it, so it's partially because, um, you know, pre the move, I, I had dated a bunch a bunch of guys for like three months at a time, you know, sort of those three month wonders and none of them worked out. And I sort of, um, you know, uh, felt, uh, I, I don't know. I, I wanted to take a break for a bit. And so then the move came, which was, as you know, kind of unexpected. Right. And then it just happened. And so I've been in New York now for a week and just haven't jumped into the scene yet. I wanted to get settled a bit first, but that's the plan. Too. Wait, yeah. so P, so you were in DC before and yep. you were dating. Yep. Was there a recurring theme or any kind of reason you think that the mm-hmm. guys you were dating, that it was only like a three month kind of span? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, there's a couple exceptions. Um, you know, there's always exceptions to every rule. But of course. Um, I think, you know, in general, the guys I found myself dating um, just weren't. You know, they might have been attractive, they might have been nice, but they might not have been um, just intellectually there or, you know, just um, able to hold a conversation. So stimulating. Yeah, Yeah. right. In a different way. Thank you. Right. (laughs) In a non-sexual way. Yes. (laughs) You know, I mean, I think it's easy to date anybody for a span of three months. Yeah. Because everything's new and you can do stuff and you can go places and things. I mean, I I congratulate you on three months because for the longest time I couldn't get past three dates. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The New York, the New York, like, ephemeral dating situation is like, Three weeks, uh-huh. yeah, right. And so you get bored. You three fight. months is very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I, I mean, like DC is an interesting city. It's very young. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of people in entry level jobs or lower level jobs. Everyone talks about politics, whether you work in government or not. And so, all of these things affect um, affect dating in a way. I think. You know, yeah. Is that uh, I mean, there's less maturity. Not everybody's on the same plane. Um, and frankly, especially with the gay community in DC, I mean, I love them all and I, and I love the city, but it's a very small community in the end. I mean, there's a lot of people, but you're always two degrees separated from, from anybody else, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and that can be problematic too. Yeah. How have you found the gay bars? We went to a few gay bars last night. Mm -hmm. How did you find, like, the, I mean, quote-unquote gay scene? Because apparently, according to our friend we went out with, it's not typical of the gay scene reflected of New York. Yeah, I think uh, 
uh, the gay scene was like a very stark difference to also what you've experienced in New York because you went out like Chelsea and like Hell's Kitchen and those places. Right. Yeah, I've been out to all those different areas, and you know what what New York has, which I think you'd expect, um, is. A, a very diverse range of different kinds of gay bars um, for different, you know, for different age groups, for different, um, for different crowds, for, uh, for different social scenes, etc. Whereas in D.C., it's much more monochromatic. You know, I mean, it's it's um, uh, all of the gay bars, it more or less are, you know, you go there, um, it's it's crowded, it's dancey, yeah. you know, it's got the 90s music, and yeah. it's got Britney, and, yeah. you know, and that's all great and fun, and I love that, but there are, I can, there's really no casual sit-down gay bars. Right, there's no like, variation of yeah. gays in that way, because it seems also like you've been dating the same type of dudes. Right. Because there's only that certain, like, I mean, maybe there's different types of dudes, uh, gay guys in D.C., but, like, they're all kind of the same. Wait, so what is your, I mean, what is your type or the type that's available? Yeah, so, well, the type that's available, I mean, it, um, you know, D.C.'s gay community is large. It's just very, very young, and um, so, I mean, I think typically, you find, um, well, frankly, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. It's, it's, a, it's a very white community, which, you know, it, okay. I'm, it, um, it is. I mean, there's plenty of gay men of color and then there's lesbians too, but it's a wider, um, gay community. And so, I mean, that's one thing. Um, but then on top of that, a lot of people come from similar backgrounds. I think you find in Washington, mm. DC, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the gay community end up there, um, you know, for the same reasons that anybody else at that age, uh, looking for an entry-level job or something like that. Some come from one of the colleges in D.C. Some come from broken families and from, you know, the tragedy of being kicked out of a home and ending up in a gay-friendly city and all that kind of stuff. But um, in the end, because it's a smaller city with a smaller market and everybody's sort of working in either government, government-related jobs, lobbying, you know, something like that, I think you have a similar kind of person that ends up... Um, you know, being in DC. And so in that way, it's much more, you know, so it's younger. Um, it's, it's, it's political. Um, you know, it, it sounds like it moves very quickly and it's very like transitional city in that way that people don't like stay for long. So there's like oh, that yeah. sense well, of like, well, we don't keep it serious because, you know, yeah. we're here for fun. Yeah. So that may very well be it because I mean, yeah, it's true. Most people don't end up staying in DC. I mean, yeah. I didn't. Um, and I think most, you know, most people stay there for, if they're there for college, maybe, you know, six years after that, maybe you stay there for 10-ish years in total. You get your career started, you do whatever, you plant your seeds, yeah. but then you move somewhere else. Right. I think that's the norm. Okay. This brings me to the very important question of what you're looking for. Now that you're in New York, it's like a fresh, like getting a fresh start in your 20s, I don't think a lot of people get. Yeah. You know, you've actually just now moved to a completely new city, uprooted your entire life right. at the age of like 27. Yeah. And now you're like almost starting from scratch again. Like, yeah. it's really like the world is your fucking oyster. Like, yeah. What are you even, what do you even want? No, that's right. And you know what? Like, there's all kinds of strategies, you know, that I'm thinking about, like to meet guys, because frankly, I mean, dating apps are great and wonderful, but I don't think that you can rely on just them. Um, and so there's all sorts of, you know, 
social leagues and and um, and uh, you know social sports, and then there's volunteering and all sorts. Especially of things in a big city, there's right. so much shit to do. Too yeah. much shit, to be honest. Right, and that's the thing, you know. So I'm I feel grateful that New York City. I've never lived here, but I've been here a hundred thousand times, and so it's not. And I have a ton of people that I know already. Right. So I'm not coming here completely blind, and that's really really valuable. But who I'm looking for, you know, I. I I don't limit myself to a specific kind of guy, you know, like you have to be um, six foot and, right. you know, a nice build, but, it, you know. I, Do you have like a, a type yeah. of Yeah, what is your type? No, but type of relationship first. Like, are you looking for a hookup? Are you looking to just kind of sow your seeds in the new city? Or are yeah. you looking for something serious? I'm definitely looking for something more serious in the long run once mm-hmm. I get a little bit more settled. You okay. know, I think it's to jump into that. So that's yeah. what he's fucking um, around for yeah. it, and Look. then planting his right. one good seed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and look, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm always, I'm always down for a hookup if it's a good one. But it, you know, it's not like when I was in my early twenties, you know, just graduating from college and you know, going out to the bars and getting a guy whenever I can. You know, yeah. I, I've sort of moved past that. Right. Um, You're gonna be wanting to dine a bit. Right, 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 yeah. exactly. And actually build something meaningful. Even if it doesn't work out to a long-term relationship, well, then you have some kind of a nice relationship there. A lot of my friends were people who, you know, I did that with once. No click, but, you yeah, know, they were somebody fun. And so we ended up being friends anyway. Wait, that's yeah. so funny. So in the gay community, mm. would you and say... I can't speak, by the way. You, can't, right, you cannot speak for the entire gay community. You as yeah. the, one, the one gay man. The one gay. From your point of view, mm-hmm. is that like generally like an okay thing? Like if you were in a relationship, could you still be friends with guys you had like maybe gone on dates with in the yeah. past? Like is I that... What is, what is kosher and what is like oh, fair yeah. game? Yeah. I mean, it obviously depends to, uh, to what extent, you know. I mean, if it... If it was a real relationship over, you know, months or something, then that might be kind of awkward. But if you're talking like a couple dates, even a hookup or something, it's really not awkward at all. You could be like completely friends with someone who's oh, yeah. a dick and they were inside of you and vice versa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. Not I mean, feel any jealousy towards their happiness and no. the person they're dating. And- no, no. I, You know, I mean, there might be some of that, you know, that seeps in. But no, I mean, you know, uh, back in D.C., I know plenty of, um, of people who, you know, hooked up and they were all still either you know in the same friend group or 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 a connecting friend group or part of the same kickball team or something and it's understood that if you guys got like married in the future to Mm. you know your future husband he would be chill about you guys you guys inviting friends who used to fuck yeah and that's how the way you met because that's just like the way the community is no sure i will say also that in um at least in DC, again, I, I, I only speak about that because I know that community, I think, pretty well at this point. Um, open relationships were, were more and more common. Really? So more, oh, yeah. Oh, do, yeah. You, do you think that that's characteristic of the gay community or like in DC specifically? Did you see more of it? Um, it's a bit early to say. I think, okay. For that, to be yeah. Honest. If you but haven't it, seen New York was, completely, then that that's fair. Right. I mean, it was it was like I don't know of any open straight couples in DC. It was only gay couples in various ages, you know, I mean, um, people who were our age-ish, so yeah. late 20s, all the way up to people who were in their 40s or their 50s. I mean, this, yeah. Um, what it, do you think about and, and, Like, they had different rules and things, you know, like some mm-hmm. couples had rules that they had to both participate, they had to both be there. Right. Some didn't have that rule, but 
you know, it was purely sexual. It wasn't romantic. It wasn't any emotional. What do you think of the open relationship? Like, first, first question: Have you ever been the third in an open relationship situation? Or ever been in any capacity in an open relationship? I have, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, there uh, there was a situation where you know meeting at a bar, and whatnot, met one of the husbands, and then another husband, and yeah, no, it, and uh, and then we all went back to their place, um, and in fact, there was another guy too, so it was a bit of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, was, was, okay. So this is a a gay sure. male couple. Yes, they yes? were married. Okay. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Would you ever do it with a straight couple? No, I don't think so. No, okay. I don't think so. I, well, and it's just you know, I would only have, I would only have attraction to one, right? Right. They, they, maybe you know, <laughs> um, and so at most, yeah, at most, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I don't think I would do that. You know, um, yeah. Would you be part of an open relationship, like or like? A, what are your thoughts about all open relationships? And you know, because you've seen them work, you see that they're like yeah. in your community, yeah. I do, I do, I do see them working, and you know, I think. Um, I mean, it's interesting, and it's really hard to say, you know, because my mind could always be changed. But I think my preference right now would be no. I think I'd want to have that exclusive relationship, so you two share something special between each other. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, if you it, like, the key, I guess, to, to success with open relationships is if you can segment the physical sex from everything else Mm -hmm. you know i guess that's the key to it and i don't know if i could Mm -hmm. you know uh yeah i am that's like a personal thing as well it's like really about how you are yeah a person with jealousy b do you ever think you could do that uh nigh uh (laughs) no also nigh um i am a very jealous person and i mean the guy I'm, i'm dating now uh, identifies as bisexual and that's like hard for me in like a lot of ways because it's also like it twice doubly like oh my god I see looking at that guy I see looking at that girl yeah. you know <laughs> and I think about it like it would be easier if it was a third person being a guy because then it's like you know you're the main attraction right mm-hmm. but then I would still be jealous. And if it was a girl, I would 100% be jealous. Even if it's like, you know, a, a girl that I find hot, um, that is attracted to, I have hooked up with girls, but like, it, it, girls don't get me like, like wet. Girls don't get me turned on. Like, mm. it's like fun. They smell good. Yeah, but they're too squishy. I don't know why. <laughs> like, why are we so squishy? <laughs> it's like, even the skinny girls are squishy. I don't, I, whatever. <laughs> but like, I would just be jealous of that from a different perspective of the female jealousy perspective of like, look at their body, like just, you know, like her pussy more than mine. Like I, I, I could never do it. And cause I'm just a really jealous person. I can't share my things and I, I should have been born an only child, really. Okay. So opposite side for me, almost, I, could possibly have a threesome not with another guy because R like if I'm thinking about R specifically like yeah I love him so much I would never want another guy in the bedroom because he's like so like he's so fucking good to me in the bedroom that like I couldn't even imagine having another guy in there mm-hmm. I think maybe another girl in the mix would be fun <laughs> <laughs> but but Another girl giving a blowjob to R. Just think about that. I wouldn't want her to touch him. Okay, well, (laughs) 
<laughs> I wouldn't want her to touch him at all. Like, that would really upset me. I would almost want her there for, like, the, like, the forbidden fruit kind of, like, if she were, like, playing with my hair and, like, you know, touching me a little bit. Like, almost, like, in a, in a kind of forbidden, sexy way. Mm-hmm. I could be on board with that. I wouldn't want her for a full-blown threesome, though. I would not want her touching R because I fucking love him to death. And if anyone ever touched him besides me, I'd murder him. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to get this recorded. Speaking from a healthy, normal perspective. Play later in the courtroom for all the children listening. from the record. But still, like, I love the shit out of him. I wouldn't want anyone else to be touching him. I mean, I, I kind of, I'm into this, like, and this isn't in my head, of course, but I'm just this, like, watcher fantasy. Like, some, I, I like people, I like the idea of, like, being, like, lusted over. So if I had, like, a third person, like, watching us fuck, or, like, you know, H getting so jealous that he would just have to, like, fuck me and finish me off and, like, see this other guy with me. Okay. Yeah, I can, That's like, I, I can get into that fantasy. Like, you know, like, uh, I mean, specifically, like, another guy going down on me and then, like, H, like, there. And then him being, like, then he fucks me to completion. And then, but, like, I don't know what happens to the other guy. Oh, hey, wait, he's like, off of the corner. I don't know yeah, yeah, about he's me. just there. He's just there. <laughs> His time is up. And so that's, it, it, so I was going to say, that's kind of a problem with threesomes. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, unless you got it worked out, what's going to happen? And this is the same for, I would imagine, you know, for a gay threesome, a straight threesome mm-hmm. of any, um, you know, sort. Combination. Yeah. Like, who are the priority people and who get to finish at the end? Right. And, I mean, what are the odds of somebody, like you said, just end up, like, sitting in a corner doing nothing? Right. It's pretty high. Right. If right. two of them have chemistry, you know? Yeah. Especially if two are a couple. So, yeah. 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 I think, I mean, ultimate threesome would probably be, I guess, three strangers, three, three single people, you know, because then you're equally all discovering each other at the same time. Yeah. Um, I guess for obvious reasons. But then like, it's like, what does it matter? <laughs> right, like who, like who cares? I mean, like, have you ever had threesome? No. Okay, me either. <laughs> See, right, that's, like, that's why, like in a, a like gay situation, I think it's probably easier because I mean, for obvious reasons, all three can participate equally. or two boyfriends right. whatever can both have fun with that new guy yeah you know? yeah 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 no it's much more straightforward i think yeah i mean uh <laughs> much more gay forward my life side sorry yeah. oh, the dad jokes <laughs> sorry i've been living with three boys for like a couple weeks <laughs> I mean, are you interested in the, the dating apps uh, a bit for New York? Because I was trying to get you on Hinge. Mm-hmm. Not that we're sponsored by Hinge, but, you know, I, I just think it's the hottest app right now, at least for the straight. But oh, I definitely. also do know couples who've been out there. Yeah. No, look, definitely. And now there's so many out there, right? And, you know, it's funny. I think certain apps have different meanings, like we've talked about this, between the straight community and the gay community. Like, I remember at least... Uh, 
you know, back like a few years ago when I was very active on all the apps, Tinder was more of a dating app um, for me because Grindr was the sex app. Right. And I, so, I mean, things change and now there's so many options out there. You can't have 10 different dating apps because you can't devote the time to any of them. And then you end up doing nothing. At least that was my experience. And so you got to pick like a few, maybe three is probably the optimal that you're using at any given time. Yeah. But there's a period there where I'm going to be testing. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a good one. I mean, like for me, it was like tender maybe okay cupid and like bounds i had uh definitely tinder i, I hated hinge. i always hated bounce um tinder hinge bounce was a period of time tinder okay cupid, okay, bounce cupid. Was, like, when i was okay, sick of hinge. yeah for sure that was in the mix christian mingle only farmers <laughs> i actually did have an only farmers account because what? of a mutual what? friend of You're not signing okay. me up and I was getting emails from farmers in Maryland. <laughs> oh shit! I and mean, I you could be their time. Yeah. You could be their time. I mean, <laughs> no, <yes>. no. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole different marketplace. Uh, we are drinking liquid cannabis right now. Oh, what? if you want some, where is it? Uh, no, I'm good, thank you. Um, so I brought back. In yeah, I think I'm high as balls right now. I don't know. I haven't finished my drink. <laughs> Nice. But um, I mixed it finished. with it's a mocktail, it's whiskey or something. Put it with whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Okay. we did. Yeah, so um, questionable. Yes. Uh, let's get some Thai. Let's order that shit. Okay, so we are ending season three, guys. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. You can find this and other content on Patreon. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, notyourgirlfriendspodcast.com. Yeah. And um, feel free to slide into our DMs. Yeah, as always. We're taking a break um, for a hot sec. So... Yeah. So <laughs> I don't even know what to follow that with. <laughs> I don't know. I get that. Um, so we'll see you soon, guys. We would. We will. We will. Ooh, we shall. <laughs> we shall. <laughs> um. Yeah. We're in the podcast right now for the season three of Not Your Girlfriend's Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Not just this week, but every single other week you've ever tuned in to listen to us. You gigantic sap. Why are you speaking like this? (laughs) It means so much to us. Yeah, we love you guys. Yeah. And like we know listeners are listening. Really, we want to thank our guests as well, who's ever been on the podcast. Oh my god, our guests have been so good. We've had a lot of guests in the last season, last three seasons, mm-hmm. and they're all really amazing. Just to sit down with us, no one's ever paid. By the way, I don't know. Yeah, you could say that the podcast, but you know, no, no one does this because for for money, they do it because they're like genuinely good people who take time out of their day and to help other podcasters out and other people out to like just have a conversation. So, yeah. like, shout out to every single person who's done that for us for nothing. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, and it's been a great three seasons. Like, in retrospect, 
We've covered a lot. We have. I think uh, hopefully we've helped some people. Hopefully. Hopefully more people are getting laid because of us. Hopefully more people are having orgasms because of us. I'm confident that every person who's slid into our DMs is having more orgasms because of us. Yes. I can hope. And, um, yeah, we'll be back. We will. It's not the last you're going to hear from us. (laughs) Relax. Yeah, calm the fuck down. (laughs) Stop calling your therapist right now. Uh, no, we just need a refresher. There's a seasonal break, you know. Mm-hmm. We always, this is normal. <laughs> this is normal. <laughs> the more you say it's normal, the less normal it sounds. It's just convincing. Sweetie, we are not. <laughs> we are not being held hostage. <laughs> <laughs> there is not a gun to my head. <laughs> Telling me to end this podcast right now. <laughs> we are not being held captive. Everything is fine. It's been a good 47 episodes. We could have almost honestly done 50. That I mean, been, that would have sounded impressive. That would have. <laughs> good old 47. Nice round number. <laughs> not even even a number. It's not it's like, not even odd. It's prime. The prime number. It's so close. It's like, god damn it. Such a clumsy number. Just says a lot. Are we even are yes. we recording? Yes, we're okay. recording. Well, yes, we love, we love you. you. And uh we will see you soon. Yeah. Bye. Bye. All right, what kind of, what color do you want? Red? Oh, uh, red. Okay. Let's do red. Do they have Penang? Um, they have Masamun and Penang. And do green. Penang. Do Penang. Penang, chicken, mixed vegetables, squid, crispy duck, pork, beef, salmon, seafood combo, tofu, shrimp, vegetarian duck, or crispy pork. So many I was okay with chicken, but like... <laughs> 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 Chicken it is. I'm overwhelmed. Yeah, that's fine. Things are changing. Yeah. Okay, bye. <laughs> it's a bad epic. That was a bad, bad. <laughs> Things are changing. Well, I don't know. <laughs>